Welcome to the Massacre Matinee. Welcome to the Matinee. So this case that we have today is very interesting. This is now awkward because we did just record like a weird small talk thing, which you might hear. You might not. I don't know. We'll if see. you're lucky, you'll see. It's a pretty interesting one. It's a murder. Ah. Yeah, so get okay. upset. It's a murder. It's it's just one of those ones where it's just depending on the way you look at it. It's a real perspective one of whether or not like the person's guilty or not. Perspective how like it like you could see it from both sides or I get It's is, really is, hard is to it, say without giving it away. Is it one where there's actual proof? Or did somebody just get accused? There's proof, but it's all just kind of like stuff to where they don't know, like, motive. Ah. So it's just kind of one of those things where they couldn't figure out why it happened, if it was, like... Okay, let's let's get into it. Let's It'll get make into more it. Sense. Yeah, so what, what, um, what's this one? This one's called The Staircase Murder. Okay. Uh, real literal, because... Um, so the two main people in this case are Michael and Kathleen Peterson. Okay. Um, they got married. I don't know exactly what year they got married. I just know that, um, it was both of their second marriage. Uh, Kathleen had ended her first marriage because her husband, um, had cheated on her and she was just like, you know what, I'm not dealing with this and up and left. I'm not entirely sure why Michael's first marriage ended. He had two sons with his first wife. Kathleen had a daughter with her first husband. Uh, Michael also had two adoptive children. Uh, there were two, two daughters. They will be important later. So they lived in Durham, North Carolina. Though the way that this is spelled, I really want to say Dunham, but it's not. <laughs> Durham. It's Durham. Okay. It's literally like Durham. <laughs> oh, Durham. Yeah. So. I you were saying Dern. No, there's. I might have. I don't. Ah, Dern. Oh, Dern. <laughs> All right, Durham, North Carolina. <laughs> so, December 9th, 2001. Uh, the way that Michael says that this night happens is that he was a writer, um, mainly wrote about, like, it was kind of historical fiction. Because he wrote about mainly his time in the military, kind of Vietnam era and everything like that. Okay. Um, now that you've turned, I also have to turn to look towards you. <laughs> That's okay. I figured you would be more comfortable this way. Um, look, we've got the microphone stand. We'll get the chairs. It's taking time, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he basically says that they were sitting out at the porch. He was celebrating the fact that one of his books was becoming a movie. And they were drinking... And it was about one in the morning where his wife, Kathleen, was like, you know what, I, like, this has been great, but I'm, I'm going to go to bed. And about 45 minutes later, after she had went in, he goes to go up to bed also. And, like, they have, like, a pretty big house. Okay. And the stairs that he usually goes up to are not, like, the big grand staircase that they have in, like, their foyer and everything like that. It's, like... The best way to describe it is, like, the servant stairs. So it's, like, from the kitchen going up. 
Okay. I know uh, one of the houses that Drew had when he was a kid had one of those, mm-hmm. and it was, like, from his bedroom to the kitchen. Yeah. He'd, like, sneak down for snacks and stuff in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, so it was, like, a really small staircase. It was, like, pretty narrow. So he, he like, walks into this house, and, or into this area where the stairs are, and he finds Kathleen at the bottom of the stairs, and he calls 911. And in the 911 phone call, which to me just sounds so fake, Future Ari could edit that in. That'd be great. John, I want to wake your emergency. Eighteen ten Cedar Street, please. What's wrong? My wife had an accident. She's still breathing. What kind of accident? She's still on the stairs. She's still breathing. Please come. Is she conscious? What? Is she conscious? No, she's not conscious. Please. How many stairs did you fall down? Huh? How many stairs? Stairs. How many stairs? Calm down, sir. listen to that phone call which he sounds so fake doing it it's bad acting because he's because when the lady was like oh how many stairs did she fall down he's like what what the stairs stairs and then just pauses and she's like yeah how many stairs did you fall down and he's like oh i don't know she fell down the stairs like he's just like how do you not know like a rough estimate of how many stairs someone's fallen down without like because it sounded like he had to run back towards the stairs in my opinion but i mean see this is where i get caught up in something because last time we recorded this because it's our second time yeah, recording yeah this, this is your first time hearing this <laughs> uh yeah the the first time we recorded this uh i said i had 10 stairs and i counted the other day and i think it's 13 and now i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many, like, I know how many, like, my back stairs are going down towards, because I have a back door in my kitchen that goes to, like, my backyard, obviously. Um, I think that's, like, only five stairs, maybe six. Right. But you can kind of look, like, it's a small staircase. You could just be like, hey, she fell down from the top of the stairs, and it's a large staircase, and then that'd give them an idea of, like... Okay, like, well, she fell see, down a few. This is this is the point where you need to probably explain what the stairs look like, because despite what the podcast art looks like, my understanding is that this was not, like, a big grand staircase. No, it was a very was... closed one. There was walls on either side. There was a banister, and at the very end, it kind of turned at a 90-degree angle. 
So it was just kind of, it was, it was a narrow hidden mm -hmm. staircase. With a very nice cat picture at the bottom of oh, it. Oh <laughs> yeah, which actually if, if you do look things up on this case. Be very uh, careful. Be very careful uh, because the photos are very graphic. There yes. was a large, large amount of blood at the yeah. bottom of the stairs, but directly above that large quantity of blood was this very adorable cat picture, and I it seemed kind of out of place. I don't know if you noticed that one of the pictures I did show you, you could see Kathleen at the corner of that image. Oh, you can? You can. You can see her head. Huh. Yeah. Um, so basically know. explaining the large amounts of blood, the police show up and they're expecting to find, cause you know, um, he had said that Kathleen was unconscious and everything like that. And they show up expecting someone to still be unconscious and she's dead. Like beyond dead. Like they, they know she's dead because the large amount of blood and like, it's not like the blood was just pooling around the stairs where it's like, okay, maybe she hit her head off a stair and right. bled out. Which is also another thing, because if that was actually the case, why didn't he, you know, try to stop the bleeding kind of thing? Because, like, there was nothing that showed that he ever tried to stop any kind I mean, of bleeding. If, if she actually fell down the stairs while he was there, that he would have heard that. That's yeah. one hell of a bang. Right. And the blood is everywhere to the point where it's on the ceiling. And I don't know if you've ever... Like, seen someone fall down the stairs. Like, even if you have blood, like, it's not gonna splatter up onto the ceiling. So, when the paramedics had shown up, um, his son Todd also showed up. I think he's the middle or the oldest. I didn't okay. really, I didn't really want to get into, like, the kids' names and, like, that, but Todd's, like, the only one that kind of had a big part of it. Okay. And, um, Kathleen's daughter, Caitlin. I'm not gonna say the twins' names just because they, or not the twins, but, like, the adoptive daughters just because there's no reason to they went through expose so much they don't yeah bring their names back to light let right them, let so them... if i never go into names that's kind of why right um i will say victims names just because i do think that they're more important than the killer yes but it's just kind of i don't when, when kids are involved i don't really like saying names right which and is respectable yeah. and that's something that we are going to continue to do as yeah. much as we can Paramedics show up, um, Todd's there with them, and they're just trying to, like, get some information about Kathleen and everything like that, and just kind of, like, figure out what happened. And he had said that Kathleen is a bit of a drinker, she indulges in her wine, but also says that she likes to pop volume all the time. And that was, like his reasoning for why she had fallen down the stairs and, you know, died. And so she just like, doped herself up yeah. and that's supposed to be believable. And the police were like, mm, I don't, I don't really, like, think that. I don't, I, I don't believe you. Um, and then, Maybe. And then while they're talking to Todd, like, there's a whole, at this point, like, there's a whole bunch of police in the house because, you know, it's a crime scene now because there's right. nothing for paramedics to do because she's already right. dead. It, it's kind of um, suspicious circumstance that yeah. usually brings investigation mm -hmm. into it. And Mike had been seen just, like, pacing through the house and disappearing into his office. And at one point, a cop had to be like, you need to get off your computer and, like, be where we can see you because, like, 
you were the only person mm. here who was here and we need to talk to you still. You're being a little sketchy yeah. right now, buddy. And at that point he was just like, do I need a lawyer? And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, do I need a lawyer? Like, you guys are, are like, in my home. You're. I already told you she fell down the stairs and you guys are, like, questioning everything. Do I need a lawyer? I mean, if you need to ask if you need a lawyer, you probably right. I mean, need a lawyer. I think if you're dealing with police and, like, they're trying to question you, I think at any point you should just have a lawyer, even if you are innocent. Because sometimes... It's, it is advised, yes. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes even you'd be like, I'm fucking innocent. They'd be like, well... That sounds like something a guilty person would say. Because not all police are nice police. So. It is it is a real tactic to uh, try and just get you to confess to something, whether you did right. it or not. There's like, been so many cases of cops just being like, having it in their head that this person did it, even though they have no physical proof, that they're just like, if we can just get a confession, then this like, case is closed. Right, and mm-hmm. I mean, it... it it doesn't necessarily make that person a bad cop, but it's definitely a bad decision to try and... I really think it's a real dated, like, interrogation technique. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find find somebody. We've come too far in, like, forensics, and we have so much, like, there's, scientific yeah, there's, there's no excuses for there's... not finding enough Confessions evidence. aren't everything because you can get somebody who's confessed to a crime and then like 20 years on the line they're like well they actually didn't do it they right. like, weren't even in the same city but you guys didn't look into that so anyway they tell him to get off his computer he then gets a lawyer and they finish up their stuff for the night they did their like you know little red tape they take kathleen's body away they start the autopsy the next morning they Mike then tells Kathleen's sister. I didn't write down her name. I probably really should have, but... So he didn't... They. She didn't even... She didn't even know until after all of this happened? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's direct blood. Like, they should have known same day. Yeah. But, I mean, it was at, like, one in the morning. So I guess you could say it was same day. Because it was, like, that morning that he had... Okay, so I I thought it was like a, they kept everything blocked off for a couple of days kind of well, thing. Well, she found out that Kathleen had died. She okay. didn't get to go to the house until oh, the so very she, next day. She didn't know the circumstance. No, she just, just that she fell down the okay. stairs and died. Okay. Because she just knew what Mike had told her. So she probably thought, oh, she just like snapped her neck or something. Yeah. Like, hmm. Because anyone that wasn't there, that's all they thought happened. So, like, the daughters and everything like that, because they didn't see... Because they didn't let anyone into the house until, like, a full 24 hours, basically. Well, not quite a full 24 hours. It was, like, the next morning of, like, the next... A day day. off, and then... Okay. When Kathleen's sister finally... Because at this point, she doesn't think Mike did it. No one thinks Mike did it. This whole family is, like, rallied behind him and everything like that. She goes to the house, and she's like, can you show me where Kathleen died? Because she's just, like, she just kind of wants to see it for herself. Yeah. He didn't tell her about people, the that's, blood. that's closure for yeah. some people. Just being like, okay, I just want to, like, see how this happens. So she could probably, probably in her mind, she want to be like, I want to try to rationalize how this could happen. Right. And he just walks her to the staircase, goes, there it is, and just walks away. 
doesn't say anything else to her, doesn't be there if, like, it's too hard for her to look at, just walks away. Hmm. And, and he'd already seen it, so he mm-hmm. knows exactly what it looks like. Right. And all she saw was the blood. Like, it was everywhere. And even after seeing that blood, she was just like, oh my god, like, she must have really hurt herself falling down the stairs. Yeah. And then she goes to try to clean it up. So she gets, like, a bucket. She says in the documentary that I watched, because there is a documentary, I believe it's on Discovery+. Plus. I don't know if it's... No, it's on Discovery+. Plus. It might be on Hulu. You can find it. It's just called The Staircase. It's pretty good. They interview, like, the family and everything like that. So, I mean, they, they do a good job of doing it. Um, they show a lot of, like, media clips and everything like that. So, it's a good thing to watch if you want a little bit more in-depth than, like, what I can get into. Because... I'm human. I don't have a whole research team. It's just me. And, and you what have a I can... full-time job. Yeah, it's only what I can quickly, like, write down. But she describes what she did while trying to clean up the blood. She said she used Windex. I only know Windex as a window cleaner. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know if ammonia is good for cleaning up blood. I don't condone. I, I, well, okay, if you're a woman and you're trying to get, you know, period blood out of things, then, like, okay, cold water, not hot water. Hot water sets the stain anyway um but i don't know like how to clean up blood off walls ah uh, my brain you know. i know you can use peroxide to see where blood was i don't know if that's like a good thing i don't know if ammonia is good but she says she uses windex i don't know a common thing like, see what, the would only you use bleach like i don't know that's where and I was. I'm not going to Google that. <laughs> the only, okay, the only reference that I have about cleaning up blood was after uh, Drew's brother's suicide. You guys had to clean that up? We didn't have to clean it up, um, thankfully. I was going to say, I was about to start crying because I'd been like, no, that's um, horrible. We, we didn't have to clean it up, but we did, uh, we did end up digging the bullet out of the wall. So that his brother's dad, Drew's stepdad, uh-huh. wouldn't have to find it when he fixed the wall because his stepdad, uh, Drew's stepdad, uh-huh. uh, took the wall apart and fixed the wall because there was the hole in the wall yeah. and everything. And um, uh, thankfully, his mom has some really, really awesome friends that work with her. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, they all, uh, his, his family is, an, it's very nurse oriented. Gotcha. So yeah, they know. So they, they know medical stuff and mm-hmm. that is, that is a smell that I'll never be able to get out of my thoughts is just going up to where it happened after it happened and all I could smell was just hot blood and bleach. Mm. Yeah, like I like the only instance that I've been around a lot of blood was like being growing up on a farm and being like, you know, when I've been around when someone's, you know, butchered animals and stuff like that. Like I worked in a yeah, I was gonna say you were on a farm, I worked in a butcher shop. Animal blood versus human blood. It is there's there's a distinct smell difference. Yes, uh, that uh, there there is an actual physical smell difference, but the way it affects you, mm-hmm. knowing the difference, also makes it huge. Right, like when knowing I... the difference between oh, it's a dead cow, but I love steak, 
right, versus, versus this, this was a person. person that you would probably talk to not that long ago kind of thing. So it's just, yeah, that's, that's rough. And so the fact that she was cleaning She it had up. to clean up her sister's blood. She had just talked to her sister the night before, too. Oh, no. So she probably was, like, one of the last people from outside the household mm-hmm. to talk to her. Because she had talked to her that day before. Wow. Like, how, I'm not I, sure why I, she went for the Windex, though. But Windex is weird. Maybe she misspoke. I don't know. But she says Windex. Okay. And I didn't Google it like, in between recording it the first time and figuring that out. I don't know if Windex has like other cleaning lines. I did look at Walmart and all the Windex products. It is just Windex window cleaner. But anyway, so she was cleaning the blood off the walls with like a sponge and a bucket of water. And she said that the bloody water started running down her arms. Ooh. And she just, she just stopped. Like, she had to stop because she could not stand the fact of knowing that it was her sister's blood on her. Yeah. And even then, she didn't think that anything foul play had happened to her sister. Um, so then at this point, no one's arrested, nothing's happened, they still, like, they're not making any kind of decisions because the autopsy's taking a little, little while to release. Okay. Um, the autopsy report was made public in February of 2002. Okay. And it kind of changed the game a little bit. How so? Because when you fall down the stairs, you would think, okay, maybe a skull. Broken neck. Broken neck. Couple of fractures. Skull fractures, blunt force, you know, like, you're going to be bruised. Like, you're going to be beat up. Yeah. But that still doesn't explain the blood. Well, they look, they shaved her head. Mm. Because, you know, in autopsies, you know, it could be a crime. They don't really care about how you're going to look at your funeral. They just kind of shave to figure out what's going on. They make make wigs for that. Yeah. Half the times when you go to someone's funeral and it's open open casket, but they were murdered, half the time it's it's a wig that they're wearing that they match to, like, photos. Mm -hmm. Um... In fact, they actually, uh, my grandmother who died of cancer, they found a wig from uh, to match her hair from when she was younger. It was really nice. Um, whoever did that, uh, mortician that did that, like did a really good job of make- making her seem like she was younger again. Cause she looked awesome. Yeah, that's good. It's actually, it's really interesting to bring that up because it is. Today is the two-year anniversary of her dying. Oh. So, that's probably why, like... And we're spending it here doing true crime. Yeah. But that's probably why I didn't have a... I kind of forgotten. Because I usually push, like, death dates out of my head because I don't like remembering that kind of stuff. It's nothing to disrespect anyone. It's just, like, how I deal with it. You want to remember the good stuff. Yeah. I knew what happened in July. I just didn't know it was this early in July. Um, But anyway... Uh, they had found seven large and deep gashes on her skull. Hmm. In the back. Well, on her skull, on her scalp. Because her skull, no fractures. No indication that she, in fact, fell downstairs. Hmm. Or at least didn't fall down a large amount of stairs. Like, maybe a couple? According to the autopsy, and what they kind of guesstimated is that she fell down no more than maybe three stairs. So she probably was only standing, like, up at that landing before yeah, it turns. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. 
that's as far as she made it, basically. Hmm. You do not get blood on the ceiling from falling down three very short steps because they are not long steps. Right. Um, and at this point, the cops are really suspicious. They start looking into Mike because of the fact that he was the only one there. I think he's arrested at this point. Um, and does some media coverage over. He's like, oh, I wish I could find the, um, thing of it. Uh, if you watch the documentary, they do show it, but he's just like, Kathleen was my heart and everything like that. And it's like, not stuff. He's like, oh, I'm innocent of the charges. Not, I didn't murder my wife. It's I'm innocent of the charges. So it's not really him saying that he's not guilty of killing her. It's just kind of like, oh, these charges are like, I didn't do these charges. Someone analyzed it and they're like, it's not him admitting, like, it's basically See, this him is, the, that... Yeah, this is where it would be really, I guess, important to look at, like, a psychologist's mm -hmm. analysis of something yeah. like that. Like, the verbiage can be ever so slightly different and mean two totally different things. In the things. way that someone described it, it sounded like he was writing something into a book. Huh. And he's a writer, so it's just like... It literally sounded like something that he would write into a true crime book. Huh. Um, at this point, they're trying to get the family off of his side. And detectives show Kathleen's sister and her daughter, Caitlin, the autopsy photos. That's pretty gruesome. And the report. Because they were like, they gave him the option. They're like, do you want to see this and see how she actually died? Or do you want to still believe? Like... We will show you. They are gruesome, but we will show you. And they're like, yeah. I wouldn't be offering to show you these things if mm -hmm. I didn't think that it really happened Because at this point, they were like, no, stuff's not adding up. Right. Um, and after seeing those photos, which you can find online, and I saw them, they were like, okay, there's no way Mike's innocent. There's hmm. no way. He was the only one that was there. There's no way. So now... The daughter and the sister are no longer on his side. His sons are, like, I think they're on his side to the very end. But are they on his side because they're having an independent thought, or are they on his side because they're just like, well, that's my dad, and I'd do anything for my dad? I think he's very much, that's my dad, and they just couldn't see him doing something so violent. Okay. So, yeah, Mike is arrested. Um, he's let out on bond, and the bond was $850,000. You know, I would like to say that that doesn't sound like that much, but I, for a fact, I, for a fact, know someone that was held on a million dollar bond and he didn't even kill anyone. He threatened to kill someone, but he didn't kill anyone. Yeah. Um, so he made bail, uh, bail, bail and bond are uh, two different things. I just um, want to point out that's not someone I know closely and I haven't talked to them in over 20 years. <laughs> not over 20 years. God, over 10 years. Not since I was 20. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, I don't know anyone that's gone to jail. That's a lie I do. Um, yeah, I'm so... sitting right here. <laughs> the most I've ever done is getting a ride home in a cop car when I was like nine. <laughs> I was I was a police explorer as a kid. 
I have ridden in a cop car going over 100 miles an hour. Oh, man, that actually kind of sounds fun. It was awesome. Anyway. But so I've I've done over 100 miles an hour in, in a police car in the front seat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also been arrested for disorderly conduct because I said fuck in front of a cop and I was under 18 and he wasn't <laughs> happy about it. So... <laughs> Yeah, I was, you, you know... You could have been, like, free speech. Quite the little rebel. <laughs> there was more to it, but that Ooh, was... yeah. <laughs> that was the only reason why I got the cuff slapped on me. He was he was gonna be like, hey, just, like, calm down. Everything's Relax. gonna be okay. Like, and no, then I... Fuck you. And then I, I said, get the fuck away from me. And that's when he was mm. like, alright. So we're gonna time jump in the case a little bit. We're also gonna travel to good old Germany. Germany... Germany in the 80s. Drew was a really fun time if you remember (laughs) the first episode. (laughs) Yeah. Drew was actually born in Germany. Yeah. He was born in Langen, Germany. So, Germany in the 80s. Why are we in Germany in the 80s? So, we're going back to Mike's past because it kind of relates to, I guess, his at this time's present. Um... It's when he was still married to his first wife. I believe they were over there doing, like, some kind of teaching and everything like that. They had a really close friend named Liz, and she had her two daughters, which is the two daughters that Mike ends up adopting. Okay. He's not their father or any kind of thing like that. It was just right. like, she was a really good family friend. They lived right next door to each other. Uh, I think... The wife and her work together, I believe that is how they knew each other. They had a dinner party one time in 1985. And after the dinner party, Mike's like, you know what, Liz? I'll walk you back to your house. I'll like, you know, I'll help your girls go to bed. Because, you know, she's had a little bit to drink. So he walks him over. A neighbor, after he had walked her over, had saw him, you know, running back to his house. The next day, a I believe it was Liz's cleaning lady had walked in to, you know, start the day. You know, I think it was like 8 a.m. or something like that. And had found Liz dead at the bottom of the stairs. How convenient. Her death was ruled a accidental death. And when your death gets ruled an accidental death, they don't take crime scene photos they didn't really do a whole lot for it. They did an autopsy, and guess what they found? Gouges. Seven large gouges on the back of her head. Oh. And it was still ruled an accidental death because I think her stairs were those like spiral metal ones. So they're mar- so they figured they're maybe like, okay, it well, this was her head explain. bouncing off the yeah. stairs. That would make sense in mm-hmm. that situation. Right. So, her death is accidental. Mike adopts the two kids, moves to back to America, divorces his wife, ends up getting married to Kathleen. So, that that's basically... So, it's, this is his second... Kathleen's his second his, wife. His second wife. Mm-hmm. His second staircase The second related. one where he is directly involved, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's kind of convenient. Yeah. And there's some real fun theories that I'll get into once we get to the end of it. So, back to the present. 
well, of when the case is happening. Between February and July, what they discovered, what the, or what they believed, because they never could find it, of what the murder weapon was, was her sister, Kathleen's sister, had gotten her um, something called a blow poke. So it's basically a fire poker that you can also pump one of the ends to add air to the fire to aerate it and make it, you know, go bigger and everything go like whoosh. that. Yeah. Fire go But whoosh. it's just like a big tube of metal with a hook at with the With a hook on it. Yeah. yeah. And when she was in the house, she had noticed, because she had went back to the house to see if she could find anything, she noticed that that was gone. She had huh. just got gotten that for her the Christmas before, so in 2000. So then the police are like, you know what? That could make sense. Make sense because it's soft enough to it won't, because it's like brass or something. So it's soft enough to it where it won't crack her skull, but it could be sharp enough or like you know and cut her up enough of an good. edge to you know put the gashes into her head. Okay. They couldn't find it. Hmm. So when the trial began in July 2003, um, they had bought a new one to kind of show the jury of like, hey, this is what we believe to be the murder weapon not this exact item not the exact something it's not the exact one but but they basically was like this this is a replica basically okay just to show them to have like a visual thing for them because Um, i mean at that point they had kathleen's sister as a witness to say i mm -hmm. purchased this for them one did exist too they had made a complete replica of the stairs same wall color and everything. I'm not sure that would be a necessary detail. Well, but... maybe just, to, I don't know, just to make it as accurate as possible. I suppose. Did the whole, like, gelatin head filled with blood and, you know, fake skull and whacked on it to see if they could get the blood sprays the same, and they found that, yeah. If someone was in this hallway and swinging, a full arm swing, that's how you would get the blood nine feet up the wall and on the ceiling. Hmm. So the prosecution's like saying this in the trial, the defense team's like, well, that's not possible because the staircase is just, you you can't lift something over your head in that staircase doorway. It's an average doorway. Mike's not that tall of a guy. You can easily swing something over your head. They also, the defense had a very interesting defense case i don't like i think those lawyers knew that mike did it there's no way that they didn't because they were scrambling for excuses of why Mm. he he didn't do it to the point where they had a forensic specialist come in have watered down i don't think it was fake blood the documentary said it was ketchup watered it down brought out a poster board had a dude drink it and cough it up on the poster board to basically say, well, we think that Kathleen went to go up the stairs, was so drunk and high on volume that she fell and hit her head so hard that she might have cut it open, but she also coughed up blood and then tried to go up the stairs again, slipped on her own blood because she had blood on the bottom of her feet Hmm. and fell down and died. That How was... many people do you know that can cough blood, like, nine feet vertically? And also that much. But it's like, who in their right mind falls that hard, coughs up blood, and doesn't immediately go, I'm not going to keep going up the stairs. I'm going to either yell out towards my husband, or I'm going to try to 
go to my husband and be like, I need to go to the hospital. Right. Not to mention the fact that, you know, they did an autopsy, and if somebody coughs up any blood, much less that much blood, Mm -hmm. that'd be in the autopsy report. Yeah. Because it'd be in your mouth, it'll be in your throat. And the cause of death would have ended up probably being some sort of asphyxiation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had, like, the dude cough up the ketchup, That's <laughs> which they had sad. a video of, because it How was How much recorded. do you think they paid him to, like... Oh, God. Could you imagine going... I really, really want to know the conversation that happened of, hey, can you do this for us in I court? Can't, I can't stand the taste of plain ketchup. No, me either. Much less watered-down plain yeah. ketchup. I mean, if you watch the video of, like, the jury... Well, not really the jury, but, like, of the court proceedings. It kind of just looks like that fake Hollywood blood to me. It doesn't really look like ketchup. But, so they do that. Then they also bring up the fact that... The prosecutors bring up the fact that Mike was on his computer while they were trying to figure out what was happening that first night that the police were there. So they had taken his computer... They'd gone through all the files. They searched his office. And in his office, they had found blood in the office. But how did it get in right. the office? Right. I mean, the, pro- the defense was like, okay, well, obviously, if he's going to be by his wife calling 911, like, he's going to have blood on him. But you would think bloody footprints. It wasn't bloody footprints. It was drops of blood, as if he was covered in blood. And... It had, like, spilled oh. off of him, you know, like, dripped off of him. What they found in his office, other than the blood and plus on his computer, was huge amounts of gay porn. Interesting. It's a turn. And this is where prosecutors bring up because they're trying to find motive. Because this is where they're like, okay, what would be the motive for Mike to kill his wife? And this is one of their theories, and it's honestly kind of one of the ones that I believe the most. Because earlier that year in 2001, before Kathleen was killed, he, Mike had set up a meetup date with a male escort. A military oh. male escort. <laughs> and that was back before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yeah. This man had a full website to be like, these are my offerings and this is what I look like. If you watch the documentary, they show him. This dude is probably the most hilarious witness I have ever seen. I really re- recommend watching this documentary so you can see because they do interview him like after the fact and everything okay. like that. But they're like, well, what kind of services do you provide? And he's like, oh, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's it's just so funny, but he's, like, a really butch guy, you know, when the murder happened, he was just out of the military, mm-hmm. which I wonder if he went back because 9-11 happened. I don't know. You never really explained. Not that that really matters to the case. So, with the whole gay porn and everything like that, what they thought happened was that night when Kathleen had went inside, she had actually went to his office... Because she had left her work computer at, um, at work, and she had to prepare for a meeting that she had in the morning, which girl Boston, because I think it was like an eight a.m. fucking meeting, mm-hmm. and she's there at like one in the morning, you know, drinking. Hard was pass. like, you know what? I gotta get ready for this. So he went and used his computer. 
And they think that she found the gay porn, found that he was talking to this dude, was setting up times to meet, very sexual, like, conversations and stuff like that, and probably went and confronted him. Because her first marriage ended in cheating. Mm. And to her, she probably was like, you know what? I'm not going through this again. Right. Probably confronted him, probably said she was going to leave, and I think that's when Mike snapped. She was probably, like, going upstairs to pack a bag or something. Yeah, that's what I think. And that's a very reasonable thing to, you know, think. I don't care if you like gay porn. I don't care if you're you're a straight man and you're in a committed relationship. We don't know. No, no one knows. That's a very believable Mm, hypothetical. Because you you can be a straight man and be in a really loving, you know, monogamous relationship and just that's just one of your sexual like it could even just be a fantasy you don't have to act on it i don't care you're into whatever you're into as long as no one's getting hurt unless it's consensual because you know masochism is a thing truth but um but i i feel like it depends also a little bit on what she was mad about like was she mad about the gay porn or was she mad about the conversation right because different people have different opinions i for one if if gay porn is your fantasy, little weird. Whatever gets you off. <laughs> little weird, but all right. But don't be talking to people behind right. my back. Because she could have just been like, that's weird. Like, are you secretly gay? Like, do you need to, like, get a divorce? Like, are you not happy with me? Kind right. of thing. Or, you know, because I don't know what her uh, viewpoints were. No one really said. There was no opportunity to he, find out. Mike's excuse for that, though, was that she knew that they were in an open relationship. However, there was no evidence that that was, like, actually the case. I don't know that anyone that's been so hurt by cheating in the past would ever be in an open relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't I, think she I, would. for one, would never be in an open relationship. Like, I don't see her doing that just because of the fact that she did file for a divorce with her first husband because of cheating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's different if you're like, hey, you can do this, versus they went behind your back. Truth. But a hundred percent that my, my first marriage ended very, mm-hmm. very, very amicably. And that was one of the things I said to him is, you know, divorce proceedings take time. I'm not in a place in my life where I want to find anyone else, but you're welcome to look. I, I gave him the okay for yeah. that. I didn't want him to have to Right, like you guys are already separating. There's no point in it was, holding it It was a you. mutual thing. I mean, yeah. yeah, we were still living together, but bills weren't exactly cheap. Right. You guys were separated, but you, like, it, it was friendly. Yes. You know? Yeah. But, so, like, it, that's why I do think that he might have snapped and just thought that she was being, like, bigotry towards him or something like that, which she could have been. We don't know. No we, one knows. We never will. Um, also during the case, the defense team suddenly pulls out the original blowpoke. Oh, where did they find it? They said they found it in the garage. However, they had pictures of the garage. They searched the whole garage. It was never originally there. So who put it in the garage? We don't know. Well, I'm wondering if he put it in the garage, but where did he hide it in the first place? Because they got to think his son Todd showed up at the same time paramedics and cops showed up too. So there was a theory that Todd had shown up slightly before his dad told him to go hide the blowpoke. And then he and then left, he at, hit, left it and hit it, came back. back, and went, oh my god, what happened? But if he hit it, why did he... 
If he was willing to cover up the murder in the first place, why would he have been willing to put it back? Probably was like, it was there the whole time. There's no way that it could have been used and everything like that because they didn't. Because he had to take it somewhere and clean it because Mm -hmm. it was covered in blood. It didn't have blood on it when they brought it to the... um, He probably soaked it in a barrel of bleach or something. mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you really... He really would have to have been super thorough because you said it was a blow poke. So it was like a tube tube. with a hook on it. Yeah. So that blood would be in that tube. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this is where the interesting part kind of comes in, because this is, speaking of theories, this is when one of the neighbors was like, I think I know exactly what happened to Kathleen. Keep in mind, he has no connection to the police, has, like, nothing with actually, you know, being a part of the criminal investigation, but he goes to police anyway, going, I think she was killed by an owl. An owl? An owl. He said that there's owls in the area and that he thinks because of the fact that, like, they showed the autopsy pictures, if you look at them, he was like, that looks like talon marks, and said that she got attacked by an owl, and that's what killed her. But I'm sorry, if someone's getting attacked by an owl, they're going to be very loud about it. He would have Yeah, heard. there'd be a lot of screaming involved and holy shit, there's a fucking owl in my house. Yeah. So, the jury doesn't believe any of this. They're like, alright, October 2003, the jury finds Mike guilty of Kathleen's murder. Uh, first degree murder, to be exact. I never really saw how long he got in total for time served. I think... It probably was, like, life, or it was, like, 30 years, or, like, something. I think it was a high number. But in 2011, his conviction was vacated because of the blood analysis that did all of this stuff with testing the blowpoke and all of that because this blood analysis was found to have wrongfully told evidence in not just this case, But in many cases, I think it was up to 34 cases. Hmm. So they're like, we can't use this evidence. They had to throw it out. So then he was able to leave jail and was put on house arrest. What? He was put on house arrest because of the blood analysis misled the jury. How did the... Because he didn't purpose, he purposely did not give the defense team paperwork that said their, like, findings. He just was really shady about it. Paperwork documentation wasn't handled right. He told things that wasn't on the documents that he was supposed to say. He just said things that weren't on them. So, like, they had no choice but to... But the proof, the proof was there. The proof was there. The proof. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's the way he told it. It's the way it was documented. It was the fact that people didn't get documents. It's a whole thing. So he's still a felon. He got credit for time served. He was only eight years that he served behind bars. That's it? Only eight years. I suppose that that's just for the one murder. He never yeah. really got anything. Out he of did not get the one anything. From 1985. The 1985 one, because of the uh, fact that she had died in a very similar way, 
they did go back and investigate it. The two investigators that were on Kathleen's case went to Germany to try to investigate it. That's when they found out that there was no crime scene photos. There was nothing. They had told um, Germany about the fact of the similar cases. Her case was turned from accidental death to murder. He was never tried for it. So she was murdered. And the two adopted daughters, um, they didn't find out about the seven gash marks until the fact that the adopted daughters like agreed to have her mother's bo- their mother- mother's body exhumed. So she was already gone and buried. She was gone with, and buried. And they still didn't know about it And they it didn't do after. an autopsy on her when she first died. Wow. So they had went back. And I thought that she would be a little bit more decomposed than there was, but no. Maybe they were just really, really good at... Uh, really good mortician, I guess. Yeah. But they had found on Liz's head that she had, like, those gashes and everything like that. So her, her, her death was um, then ruled a murder. You'd think that the mortician would have found something like that when preparing the body for yeah, burial. Yeah, but they don't get any kind of, like, criminal report. They're just like, here's a dead body, prepare for a funeral, and that's all they do. So they don't know if it's a suspicious death or not. They're just like, Because at oh. the point when they get the body, like, the police have done what they wanted with it. You, you'd think they'd know a little bit of a story. You would think. Maybe it's just because I was... Maybe it's just because I grew up in small towns. Mm-hmm. But, like... Every mortician I've ever met has always at least known a little bit right. about the person I that's also sitting don't know in how the Germany's, parlor. Like, true stuff and, and yeah, true, true. So February twenty seventeen comes around. Mike's seventy three now. Hmm. And he accepts an Alfred plea. What is an Alfred plea? So Basically, it's a plea of guilty containing a... It's basically saying, there's enough evidence to convict me of saying that I'm guilty, but I'm still going to say I'm innocent. Okay. His charge then gets dropped down to voluntary manslaughter. Voluntary manslaughter is still saying you killed someone by choice. So, because of this... They just be like, hey, you served this time already. You're still considered a felon. He gets taken off house arrest. So basically, he just gets a slap on the wrist for it. What? Uh huh. And he was so old when he did that? Like, when he got the plea? When he got the plea, yeah. When he got the plea, he was 73. So, he, in 2000... I mean, I, I guess he can't really do that In much. 2011, that's when he gets put on house arrest. From For six years, he's on house arrest. Okay. And, and he then he gets the plea. In his 60s at that point, he gets yeah. the plea in his he's early 73. 70s. Yeah. And it gets dropped. So, is, there, is he still around? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's like 79 now. I mean, I'd he's, li- I'd he's like... living in a assisted living home, still in the same city. Well, at least he's not over here. Yeah, he's on a ground floor condo, but it's really funny because his defense attorney said at least in his ground floor condo, there's no stairs. Oh, good. He can't kill anyone. Clearly, mm-hmm. that was like a stipulation. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ends. Oh, shit. He only served eight years. You know how I can tell that this was a good sta- a good case? Mm-hmm. Because we totally skipped the snack. 
We got so into talking oh, about <laughs> the staircase that I forgot the snacks. So uh, we've got little mini cheesecakes. Yeah. Uh, because all I really knew was that there was a lot of blood involved. And I was yeah, like, well, you really know, cheesecake tell... sounds kind of good. Yeah. And, and strawberry syrup, you know. Yeah, I don't really tell her anything about these cases yeah. for her to come up with. It's just like, I, I here's only... the general idea. Yeah, I, I only get to make detailed snacks when it's my case. Yeah. But... I think that kind of makes it more fun for me to try and be like, yeah. okay, like, how do I figure this out? Like with the walls, that one was funny. I don't. A lot of people actually did get the fact that uh, it was supposed to be the insulation. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Because <laughs> I always call it the forbidden cotton candy. The forbidden cotton candy. <laughs> oh God, that'd be awful. I just think it's really funny that his defense attorney was like, his home has no stairs. I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, but that also tells me that his defense attorney, like, he high-key told his attorney that he killed her. And his attorney just low-key told everybody else that, yeah. too. But... But, I mean, he's 79 now. Like, what are you gonna do? Well, that's the crazy thing, is the world nowadays, he could live another 20 years. You never know. Mm-hmm. The motive. The motive that really makes sense to me... Yes. ...is the one where it's like, she found the gay porn, she was, like, gonna leave him. Which, I mean, I can't blame her. She didn't want to be cheated on again. Mm-mm. That's a crazy case. That, yeah. <laughs> so, what was the name of that documentary again? It's on Discovery Plus. It's called An American Murder Mystery, The Staircase. It's, I think, three episodes. It's really good. They do play the 911 call. They play stuff from when he was doing his, like, media outlets, which is... It's so cringy to see him doing it. Also, look up a picture of what this dude looks like now because he did not age well. <laughs> I don't think that criminals should. No. I mean, how how can you age well when you know that you murdered your wife? You'd think there'd be a little bit of stress involved, but I mean, some people just don't care, I guess. Yeah. Hello, Nugget. Nugget, are you going to help end the vid- uh, end the podcast? Can you scream for us, please? I hope you giddied up, sluts, because this was a murder. It was a couple of murders. Extra sauce. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A side of ketchup, please. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Matinee. It was a fun one. Yeah. It It was a weird one. Yeah. Not as weird as the first episode, but... I have more I'll never think of cottage cheese the same, and now ketchup's getting a little sketchy. Yeah. Thanks for that. You're I welcome. used to like food. <laughs> See you guys next, next week. week.